The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And we have a fun and exciting little double feature for you guys today. But just to reiterate, speaking of double features, if you haven't listened to our black cauldron special presentation we do have a bit of a change going on right now where instead of every other week we're doing double features we're switching off every other week between double features and the special presentations that we do only because at least for now we just don't really have a lot of time on our hands so we're just trying to make this a little bit more manageable while also giving us the chance to still do this show so, this week is a double feature week, so get excited, because we got two movies this time. Uh, but before we get into those movies, due to Joe, this guy in front of me, who just he seemed very excited. Yeah, 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 I'll talk about you. How are you doing? <sighs> that was a little, a, exhausted. A little si- exhausted. Sigh of joy, that's what I thought that was. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, just been a lot right now. Uh, you know, the working full time, taking classes and attempting, obviously doing this show, you know, we, obviously we've been reducing that, but also I'm trying to get my own show off the ground. Um, I like, I, I gotta, I like yeah. how, I like how it's like, you got all this, you got this, you got this. It's like, let me do one more thing. <laughs> it's like, just one more thing. Just, just one, more, one thing. more thing. One more thing. We'll make it. Even it out a little bit. So it's three things. Let's add one more. Yeah, I mean, you know, I because I, I want to, I want to try some some things that are that'll satisfy me somewhat creatively, you know. Um, so I was, I've, I've been working on some of it, but then we had, we had a really quick and brutal, pretty brutal snowstorm. I would say it was kind of insane because my mom messaged me about it and I'm like oh wow this I, I guess this is something and then like it, it really became something um, and we lost power uh, not for that long but it was uh, frustrating because I was sort of on a roll with just like sort of editing um, a decent part of my show which one of my favorite parts about my new show is that it's very short <laughs> it's the opposite it's it's I get to do something that's a little different uh, so it's like the opposite. <laughs> what are you aiming for, runtime wise? R- runtime wise, um, maybe at ma- maximum thirty minutes. But I think if it's like fifteen twenty minutes, uh, I'll consider it a success in my book because this is it's more of a sh- success. Yeah. If it was a minute, you'd be like elated. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, listen, I, I'm uh, I'm one of those guys, even though it doesn't seem like it from many things. I, I believe in brevity is the soul of wit. <laughs> and yes, I do understand the irony of that line being delivered by a character who definitely does not know its meaning. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hamlet references. Woo! What a nerd. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um... Yes, yeah, so I've been try- just trying to to do that. Just trying to get, uh, I've been trying to get back into Lorcana, the Disney card game. The new set is coming out, and I I pre ordered some, uh, some boxes of of the set, um, so I can open some booster packs, um, and they've been revealing or been leaked like the the enchanted cards, which are basically I was trying to explain to Richard alternate artworks of cards that are in the set that are really hard to find and really shiny. Um, and I'm screwed because I made a Robin Hood enchanted guys. This is a problem because I won't be, I, I like, I'll be like, I want to sell this, but I can't cause I want Robin Hood. Um, sometimes you just got to keep it. It's like, as I look at my Robin Hood Funko pop, um, yeah, sometimes you just got to keep it. I just got to keep it. But, so ordering some more cards from there, you know, um, like I said, just, yeah, it's just really just keeping on top of various things, you know, just, uh, as they call it, adulting, I guess, you know. Um, Ew. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of, I know it's gross. Sounds sounds disgusting. How could you we're, do that? We're like the Neverland of, of podcasts. <laughs> you know, we, we just don't grow up. We just get more obnoxious. We just, um, we just, our bones get more brittle. But we're like we're children. <laughs> um, but I am excited though because uh, this month, the my the end of my month will be very Dune filled because uh, I get to see on the big screen the David Lynch Dune, and then I get to I'm going to a fan screening, um, a fan sneak preview screening of Dune Two, which just got its social media embargo lifted. Uh, apparently amazing, and I love the first one, so I'm very, very excited. Dude! <laughs> I also have to. I also have to shout out uh, my friend Vera, who's also my brother's friend. She is very adamant about us doing Dune Two. I know. I know. I don't know when you'll see it. Um, eventually. Eventually, we'll we'll do it yeah. as soon as we can. Um, Dude. Uh, that that is about it. You've um, I'm not gonna ask. Like you have had, like, because you said you've been through it, and I was at work, so I wasn't like really like fully responding. And then I read your thing, and I'm like, holy cow, what is going on with this man? But oddly enough, I'm used to that. (laughs) This is even it was even worse this time around. Normally, I get I'll. Like the the three things I get are, uh, an emo the emoji we set for the group chat for our like chat, a gotcha, <laughs> or a oh my. It's Brevity like is the soul of wit, guys. Th- three classes of Joey responses when he's either busy or he just doesn't want to respond right now. The sad thing is, my girlfriend can relate to that. <sighs> We'll have to talk. I'm going to talk to her about this, and we'll we'll try to straighten things out. You're going to 
have an intervention about my responses. <laughs> my mom will join too, I'm sure. <laughs> after the after the food poisoning situation. Oh my god. <laughs> um anyway. Uh, <laughs> enough enough, but, but, enough you, roasting of Joey. Another thing I gotta say, shout out to Rob, because Rob's been listening to our show and I feel like his favorite part of the show is just listening to your to your stories that happen. And maybe ironically, I don't know. <laughs> you know, who who cares? We're gonna listen to them anyway. We're 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 milking this. So let's Are so, we? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, the, no, we'll I, do the best we can. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um yeah. Well, I'll say this much, you know, I'll, for a good chunk of twenty twenty four, I feel like I've either been in like a in like a bad head space or I've just been like mentally wandering a little bit, you know? Mm. Um a few good moments would spark here and there, but ultimately it was just kinda like you know, there's a few things here and there that happened at the beginning of the year that's just kinda like not great, not fun stuff. But then like yesterday, Valentine's Day oddly enough, was like one of the better days, probably the best day I'd had in twenty twenty four so far. Oh wow! Just and it wasn't even like anything great or crazy happened. It's just a bunch of little things that were just really exciting and a bunch of different moments and things that don't normally happen were happening and like it just was overall just a really great day for me. I think yesterday was, and so I was just like, "This is nice. Mm. This is like I say this all the time. Like when you have a good day, shout it out because we're so focused on all the bad days." that we tend to forget about the good days. Right. So when a good day comes around, you 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 acknowledge it and you know, swim in it, enjoy it cuz tomorrow's going to be crazy. <laughs> and that's what kind of happened. Um I had so I'd woke up at about 5 today and I knew I had some plans that I wanted to get done today, especially cuz I got paid, which is nice. And um I decided, you know what? I still have some. I have some candy that I was. I was given to. I was given candy by my parents, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna eat this Reese cup that my dad got me. And so I, I bit into it, and I noticed something was really hard. I was like, this Ooh. is this is not good. What what is inside this Reese cup? But no, nothing was inside the Reese cup. I quickly figured out I chipped my tooth. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was like, well, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, it didn't hurt, thankfully. Yeah. But it was definitely like, oh, that's not fun. Why is that there? And plus, I hate the fact that there's a whole side of my mouth that's really sharp against my tongue. Yeah. So, like, a lot of scraping. I already cut my tongue, like, three times today. Jesus. Um. So, that's not fun. But I did go to the dentist, and the dentist essentially said... There's, I mean, it's not hurting you. There's not really anything that we can do about it. You know, it's not a cavity. It's not really anything. Just don't, like, if you're grinding your teeth, don't do that. Don't clench your jaw. Like, mm-hmm. don't do that, you know. Yeah. Which, I don't think I grind my teeth. I know my dad does. I, I mean, I sleep with my mouth open. I try to sleep with it closed because that's, I need to for my, for my CPAP machine. Right. But, um... It never really works because I always wake up with drool on my face, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a night guard because I 
and I use it because you look at that thing and it is just like, what the fuck did I do that night to like get it to that state? It's it's just nuts. Yeah, it's it's not fun, but no. Uh, I wish I wish there could have been something that could have been done, but I guess nothing's better than like pulling a tooth out or like drilling into it or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just hoping that it kind of dulls a little bit over time and then I won't have to worry about it so much as long as it's, if it's there, it's there as long as it's not hurting or anything. Right. But then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go on with the rest of my day. So I'm like, I'm going to get a haircut because my hair got really long. It was like all the way down to the bottom of my neck. And I'm like, I need to get this taken care of. So I went to, like, one of those kind of generic, like, I don't have, like, a specific barber or anything. I don't go to, like, a person. I just go to a place, and I'm like, hey, can you help me out here? And I was uh, getting my hair cut by this this nice, very nice uh, young lady. She did a pretty dang good job cutting the hair until I got in the car and realized my hair was lopsided. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, now my now my tooth's chipped and my hair is lopsided. I'm so superficial. Oh. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to just go back in because I felt bad. Yeah. I, I, I like it's weird to just be like, hey, you know how you just cut my hair? Well, you wasn't you didn't do a good job. Could you fix it? <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, plus hair is hair; it'll grow back. But um, I was like, I'll just deal with it. And I did a little shopping and then I started driving home. And then I'm like, you know what? There is another place in ho- in my hometown. Maybe I can go there and maybe someone will fix it. So I, I, go, through the, I go through the front door of the building and I walk in. And uh, this woman's like, hi, how can I help you? And I'm like, I have a story to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So I was just at another place and I got my hair cut, but I don't know Jack about hairstyling or barbering. I don't like, you know, but this looks a little lopsided to me and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but does this look lopsided to you? And she goes, you know, just from looking, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> now I like, could you, could you maybe fix it? And she's like, I got you. So I sat down in the chair with her. She evened everything out. Um, she did say that like most everything else was already like not too bad. Like, like, like the previous barber did a, did a decent enough job. Um, the funny thing though, is I found out at least according to her, that one side of my head is thicker hair wise than the other side. Mm -hmm. So I might've just been naturally lopsided. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that, but it kind of makes sense given, you know, I am, some of my hair is falling out of my head. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense. But she was able to even it out. And then I got home. And now now all, all I'm doing is just tonguing the hole in, or the, the crack in my tooth because that's just what my brain is like. It's right there. It's right there. Poke at it. It's right there. Just keep poking at it. But, you know, so I had a, I had a bit of an adventure today. Clearly. Oh gosh, hold on. What is what is happening? My uh microphone software keeps like it has ads now, so now things are popping up. Oh we'll, boy. We'll see if that interferes with the, the audio, but 
anyway um so that was that was my day for the most part um now i'm trying to adapt to eating food i've had i had a couple of meals but like it's just it's still weird so i guess i'll just have to get used to it over time outside of that I, some some really cool things happened within the last couple of days um i got some new movies and i'm gonna talk about this one you can't you guys can't see it but joey can see it you can hear it, though. There's some uh, folly for you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I had mentioned this company uh, on a previous episode, uh, Turbine. It's a company out of Germany that uh, is a film restoration company. And... Uh, I found out about them because they were working on a couple of uh, movies from 2022 that weren't getting 4K discs in the States, and that was enough for me to be like, oh, let's check these guys out. Um, plus, as I've said, one of my favorite things about 4K discs is that most of them, if not like a vast majority, really are region-free. <clears throat> not a lot of them are region-locked. Some of them are. Right. You know? Like, uh, Italy did a 4K for Killers of the Flower Moon, but it's unfortunately region locked, so I can't watch it. Damn you, Italy. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> no offense to Joey, who's also Italian, but he's not from Italy. So, damn you, Italy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> At least you you yourself didn't reach and lock the disc, so I can't blame you. Yeah, you know that'd be a terrible thing if you just did just a mass call out of of the of the Italian people. How could you, Joey? A, a, Italian pride festivals everywhere would would lampoon you. How completely. could you? <laughs> they would throw their um, pasta at me. I I throw my, the the Parmesan cheese, <laughs> Parmesan, just just a sprinkling of Parmesan, but not even like the shit from the like grated like tubs that you can get like the crap like no real stuff, grated Parmesan cheese. See, on an unrelated note, it makes me think of St. Patrick's Day. I'm also part Irish, and somebody I knew said to me, Joey, you know what happens when somebody wears an orange shirt on St. Patrick's Day? I'm like, no. What happens? And they go, well, they take you into a room and they change your shirt into a green shirt. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, I would throw, I'm going to throw leprechauns and, and Parmesan cheese and uh, and the beer uh, at you, my German uh, ancestry. <laughs> Maybe a cappuccino thrown in there somewhere. How about a Dunkachino? Shout out to Wikey. <laughs> Dunk, dunk, dunk a Cheeto. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> damn you, Italy. Um, no, uh, shout out to Italy. I like your food. Um, so, uh, I like that a lot of 4Ks are region free, so that gives me more opportunity to buy discs from out of the country. And Turbine. What's cool about them too is that a lot of their Blu-rays are also region-free, from my to my understanding. So you can actually watch uh, Blu-rays that they put in their sections as their selections as well. So it actually 
made me more excited to want to pick up this beautiful, uh, like huge, this thing is thick, by the way, this huge box set, uh, that they made, uh, for the movie, the Frighteners. It's massive. This thing, I bought it off, uh, diabolic DVD, uh, my first time using them. And, uh, it was $90 <laughs> though. I think it, technically would have been cheaper had I just gotten it directly from Turbine, but it would have taken longer to get here. Hmm. So I, I, I spent the extra money because I'm impatient. Um, and Diabolic did a good job, so like it's intact and it's not damaged at all. But this set is immense, which makes sense because it is a Peter Jackson movie. But it has six discs... Two 4Ks, four Blu-rays. You get the director's cut, the theatrical cut in 4K. You get an open matte version, which is really cool. Uh, There's a bonus feature disc. Um, There's Blu-rays for both the theatrical and the director's cut. Um, You also get two posters. Uh, You get uh, some postcards that show still images and artwork designs and, and crew pictures from when they were making the movie. Uh, you even get a little business card that's the main character's business card he would give it to people. Uh, Frank Bannister, played by Michael J. Fox. But it's... And the restoration's amazing, too. Like, it's actually, like, they did a really good job. The only downside, and this just makes sense, it's not really even a downside, it's just, you know, you just have to do something. But, uh, when you, when you pop the disc in, there's a reminder that it was made in Germany. <laughs> and so you have to change the Dolby Atmos from uh, Deutsch to <laughs> English. And so you're able to get the English audio track, which is nice. It's not like when I got Renfield, which I also got from Turbine, where they actually give you the option if you want to do like English as opposed to to German. Oh. So I don't know if that was like a recent thing they implemented for their 2023 releases because I think Frighteners came out in 2022 as far as like their sets are concerned oh interesting okay um also oh it also comes with a book that's like it's got interviews and behind the scenes stuff for the whole like making of the film but again it's in german (laughs) so i can't read it guys i'm gonna put um, a link to richard's um just newly formed patreon so you can help him learn german if you guys if any of you listening are actually german if you want to teach me some phrases by all means, <laughs> go for it. Just, just do it, you know, because you can't leave Richard just unable to fully make use of the giant box set that he got. I gotta I be mean, able to use all of it. Like, guys, if you can see this thing, when I looked at it, in, I said to Richard, it looked like the box set of a TV show. Mm-hmm. And it had six discs, which you could have argued is like, here's. The first five episodes. Here's the next five episodes. It's like a whole season of TV. <laughs> well, here you go. But this thing is immense, and I'd highly recommend for anyone who's a big physical, who's a, who's a fan of the Frighteners, but also is a fan of physical media, to check this check out that company, check out the that disc set because they also have a whole bunch of other movies as well. Um, and apparently, I guess they're getting movies uh, that we don't get in 4K, or at least not yet. So that was that was something to work uh worth looking into. 
Um, and also The Frighteners is just a great movie. There you go. So, anyway, <laughs> we'll see if that was if that story registers well with people. Who knows? Um, <laughs> this episode, this double feature, uh, was actually planned to be our our episode one forty seven, but somebody uh, was really excited to get to it, like little eager really to get to it and he he looked at me and he said i swear to you if we don't make this the next episode i will come for you and i was very concerned Ooh. for my life and oh. so <laughs> gifford would say that i mean on your behalf maybe yeah oh okay <laughs> he, 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 first well first he came up to me and he said this is from joey and he stabbed me and then he oh. and then he gave the message. I don't know if you asked him to do that first part. He he pulled like a Roose Bolton. He's like the Lannisters send their regards. <laughs> a little bit like that, except I didn't die, but I just have this big wound now. Mm-hmm. So thank you. You're welcome for this big wound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was excited yeah. to to do this one because we had. Another episode that I am very excited to talk about because um, with those movies, not I'm not going to say what it is at the moment, but like both of them are made by the same filmmaker, and one of them has become one of my new favorite movies. Wow. Honestly, wow, wow, hey, hey. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> I don't know, buddy, no money, no no more, no how. <laughs> However it goes, uh, Johnny Boy. Yeah, you should know it by that anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about that in the future. But this one, it, this is definitely, like, the first film on here is, is I think you would agree with me, is a very, is one of my, I mean, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, just to preface this. I would agree with um, you with that, yeah. I mean, you would agree with me. But also, like, watching this movie, you get it. Like, there's some, sometimes when somebody says, like, this is one of their favorite movies, you're like, confused mm-hmm. uh but with us it's generally nine times out of ten you look at it and you go yeah knowing this person that makes sense that tracks yeah if i didn't know you as well as i did i would have definitely watched it and been like huh i <laughs> 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 took a, a, a took i took you off guard a little bit i think um i was like whoa wait a minute <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? This is your favorite movie? No. Um, like, this is one of those movies that even before we talked about doing a show, you would just tell me about. Like, I feel like every other conversation we would have somehow, some way, this would get kind of thrown into the mix. Not even like, we should watch this. Not even like, you know, sharing anything with me about it. Just like, look at this Cyclops. <laughs> The Cyclops is from this. Or, like, I would just be like, look at this. And then you'd be like, that makes me think of this. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It's not that it, not that I would equate it in any way to me just finding ways to reference Batman unintentionally. Because I feel like for you, that's more like maybe Planet of the Apes or something. But maybe... Uh, yeah, it's it's you know I think we have a couple like things that are almost one to one, just a know? couple of things or Dracula. Yeah, but I feel like this would definitely fit in that neighborhood somewhere. It'd be one of the players on the team. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so without further ado, uh, time to introduce this movie. <laughs> listen, it's time to let you know about this movie. Because listen, it's not the first voyage. And it's not the second voyage. It's not even the third to the f- to the sixth voyage that this character takes. Joey, what voyage is this? And of whose voyage does it belong to? This is, it might, might be hard to believe, the, the seventh voyage of Sinbad. Could you imagine if they called it a seventh voyage of Sinbad? <laughs> no, you know what's funny though is that okay like this movie yeah, i mean obviously like first thing i gotta say ray harryhausen mm. um who is an associate producer on this and also did the special effects like it took him 11 months to do the special effects in this um he worked closely with charles schneer who is like who's producing partner um and like you see his name we talked about him on um uh with jason and the argonauts so uh, this was before Jason the Argonauts. I think you were asking me about that. Like, when was this in relation to those? Um, to like that Jason. Clash of the Titans. Like, yeah, because Clash of the Titans was the end of Harryhausen's like career. That was eighty one. Um, uh, Jason, I believe, was sixty three, and then nineteen sixty three, and this is nineteen fifty eight. Um, but it's also funny too because Harryhausen made two more. Sinbad movies, but this one is the first one, and it's just funny that it's the seventh voyage of Sinbad. So you're, if like, I, I imagine somebody who's o- only steeped in franchise movies are just like, where's where's one through six? <laughs> I need to know how this connects to the Sinbad universe of films. <laughs> the Sinbad universe, where each movie Sinbad's played by a completely different actor. Where's Amazing. where's the Sinbad multiverse? <laughs> <laughs> Will will John Krasinski play Sinbad? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, so se- seventh voyage, um, seventh voyage of Sinbad is, is a like is a fantasy is a fantasy adventure movie, and it it's got it's got almost everything. Listen, it's this, got listen. This is not just a fantasy. This is Joey's fantasy. Okay. This is, listen, when I tell you, this movie has everything Joey could have ever asked for in a movie ever. Like, it's Just about. it's got, it's got swords, it's got genies, it's got stop motion creatures, it's got pretty ladies, it's got adventurous men, but maybe not in the way most people would think of when they think of the word adventurous. But in a literal term of I'm going on an adventure to this island. There's islands. There's, there's evil evil sorcerers. Evil sorcerers. There's treasure. There's uh, miniatures. People shrink and people go big. Dude, the Bernard Herman music, dude. Like, it's so good. This is this is a Joey movie in a nutshell. The only thing that's missing is a ape. Yeah, that's basically all that's missing. <laughs> if there's any criticism Joey had is that he watched this and said, "Where's the ape?" <laughs> I'm I'm like, man, like the only time Harry hasn't really did that was Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> and that wasn't even really his like movie. He was just helping Willis O'Brien. 
He could have had. He could. He could have. It could have been a, like a crossover thing. They could have brought Mighty Joe. It could have been the Mighty Joe Young Sid Bad Universe. Uh, if they only knew. <sighs> if they only knew. Um. But this movie, it, it's a fun adventure. It's a fun adventure. Base the basic gist of the story. You know, you kind of just find like Sinbad's on on finds himself on the island of Colossa. Okay, Sinbad's and like so, a like a famous captain. He's like too. a yeah famous captain. Everyone's like Sinbad. You know he he's a he 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 would be the guy to do this. I wouldn't, but he would because he's Sinbad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not the comedian, by the way. Which no. Which uh, real quickly before I don't mean to interrupt you giving the synopsis, all. but. <laughs> when I was trying to like, su- like suggest to Joey a movie like that we should watch this movie so that we can like get stuff ready for this episode, I just sent him a picture of the comedian Sinbad, <laughs> and yep. and Joey was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and then I'm like, "This is not his like like his journey or his adventure or whatever." And then eventually Joey just sends me in all caps, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, the moment, the moment he said that, I, I just burst into laughter. So like, he got it, <laughs> he got it. <laughs> so it's just anytime I hear Sinbad, I don't even like. I think of the comedian. He has nothing to do with this movie. I don't even know if like he got if that's like his real name or if that was a stage name that he got because he's a fan of Sinbad. I don't know. Oh my God. But yeah, uh, so that's all I ever thought. <laughs> like the whole time, I just hear Sinbad. I'm like, comedian. He wasn't a genie. Yes, that was that was Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm sorry. But yeah, so he's on he's on, on this island. Okay, things are alright until this the you know the sorcerer Sakura is like you know running around ah. and there's a giant side. Cyclops. One thing leads to another, and they save the save the magician Sakura, um, uh, played by uh, Torin Thatcher, and uh, but in the process, Torin Thatcher loses his very powerful magic lamp. Uh, you know, so he's taken to Baghdad. All right, and how, can, he. How is that spelled? <laughs> Bag. Baghdad. It's the same thing, like with like the like thief of Baghdad. It's spelled like incorrectly. Baghdad. It's 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 not even like a it's not even like a like a problem or like anything like a nitpick. It's just it's funny that that's what they chose to spell it as. It's just that was the decision they made. Um, uh, you know, so they come back, and you know, Sinbad is is engaged to be wed to uh the princess Parissa, played by Catherine Grant. Um, and basically what else happens is the sorcerer's like, yo, we got to go back to my island so I can get my lamp. And they're like, dude, no, there's like a Cyclops there. Okay. We're not going there. Listen, fam. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, bro. Uh, uh, but through a series of events, uh, the, the magician, Sakura, the magician, like demonstrates his magical powers. The most um, impactful being the fact that he shrinks the princess. She becomes very tiny, which upsets her dad, the caliph, and he is very upset. And this could this could be bad for for 
uh, his kingdom and, and Baghdad. So Sinbad reluctantly has to go to Colossa. And not just go to Colossa with an evil sorcerer and the princess. He's also got to go. He, he can't find a, like enough of a crew to go with him. He has some f- friends. But then he has to get like the deadliest criminals of, um, uh, of Baghdad to help him out. All right. So, you know, mutiny. <laughs> and, and then like and then the base basically the whole thing is just a not almost non-stop adventure it's like you know talking about another movie i love king kong you know after a certain point it's just people running away from problems uh and those problems being stop motion monsters it's beautiful don't you don't but, you hate it when you're on the beach just trying to have a nice vacation and a stop motion monster comes at you um but I want to hear some some of your thoughts on this because uh, I've been doing a lot of talking. But, um, <laughs> well, I mean, if yeah. the, if any of us on this particular topic were gonna was gonna do a lot of talking, it's most likely gonna be you. <laughs> um, how do I how do I describe my experience with this movie? Because um, like, there's definitely aspects of of it that I couldn't stop thinking about. Like, obviously, yeah. Baghdad was was kind of funny to me um right it's always funny to me watching like old old adventure movies like from that era and like i said this to joey like when you look at the guy playing sinbad and uh he doesn't really look like exotic i guess no he doesn't he looks he looks like like a dad that lives in the suburbs (laughs) yeah current matthews just looks like you know your friend's dad like he's probably a cool dad he goes on adventures yeah but like, oh yeah. But like, you know, he just looks like a dad. Like I don't like I don't know. I guess maybe it's just I'm just not used to that kind of like old school adventure movie. But um, when I when I see that, it just because like I look at all the other guys and like they all have bandanas. They look like pirates, you know. But then I see uh, I see <laughs> I see Sinbad and he looks like he's about to like mow someone's lawn because he's just a nice neighbor. <laughs> Kerwin Matthews. That's what he's good Ker- for. Mowing your Ker- lawn and fighting monsters. Kerwin Matthews for Ned Flanders. Well, how 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 he do there, Cyclops? <laughs> <laughs> not not to not to like dog on it though, because he does a good job. But it's just it's just it's yeah. just a funny thing from a, from that era of movies. Um, right. I think most most of my experience watching that was just asking Joey questions of like, like when when um when the the love interest shows up like the princess and I'm like how old is she? <laughs> how yeah. old is that actor? And we we're like we found out the, the age difference was 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 under I was like seven years, seven years and she she was like something. in her mid twenties. Yeah. So yeah, we were just because. <laughs> Because Richard was like, "Hold up!" I'm like, right. <laughs> "It's like, hold on," because he definitely looks like he's forty. <laughs> guys, this would have been the make or break between three and a half stars and two and a half stars, guys. <laughs> like he's forty. <laughs> um, but I think what I, I what I liked most about it was uh, obviously like the the Ray Harryhausen of it all, just the stop motion effects. Um, I was kind of sad for the monsters though, because like I just assumed they lived on that island, and then like this bald dude who can do magics, like locking up the dragon, like 
Like, yeah. like, like, can't the dragon just exist? And then the Cyclops is like in this cave, and everyone keeps going in the cave, and the Cyclops is like, beat it! <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to relax, and you guys keep coming to my damn cave, my tiki head cave. What the fuck? <laughs> so I kind of like, I kind of felt bad. Not the, you because know, obviously, you know, Sinbad didn't even have a choice, and, and he just. You know, the first time they go there, like he's just like land ho, and then they go to the they go to the island, but then they realize, oh shit! And literally, like, like Sinbad's just kind of thrown into the to the mix the whole time. Like, no, he, nothing he really nothing he does is really his fault, right? Because he's just kind of forced into it. But but then, like, they had to kill the Cyclops and they kill the dragon, and like, it just was sad. It, it is it is upsetting. It's a little um, sad when when you see that. But I also I, I love like you can clearly tell that like obviously Harryhausen is like a great artist in his own right. But you can like almost see like the Willis O'Brien isms of like the, the the creatures. Like I think about like <laughs> like the Cyclops like roasting um, Sinbad's buddy. <laughs> he's hungry. He's he's hungry. You know he, he wants um, some food. Yes, <laughs> and he sees uh, the friend and he's like, okay, I'll eat him. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of the moments of personality like the skeleton i thought had some good personality like re- like amazingly considering it's a skeleton i feel like i feel like that's kind of a staple ever since like jason watching that well, you're just kind of because that's like the iconic scene in yeah. jason i mean it, it came it was in here for obviously this was 58 mm-hmm. and then harry Housen's like what if we had a bunch of skeletons like and i had then, a good like, time with that one like it it amazes me how well like cor- like the choreography works and like way the way the process is dynamation no dynamation uh, the eighth wonder the eighth you know? the eighth wonder of the screen dynamation um you know but it's actually, it always amazes me like how well like the choreography like plays out though with with those with those with the the human elements and then the stop motion uh puppet elements um and then especially when you get to something like Jason and the Argonauts when they when they're facing off against several skeletons. Uh it's pretty wild. I think um when when uh any like honestly any time like any of the stop motion creatures showed up, like there's definitely in like that part of my brain where you know, when they're fighting Sinbad and like clearly you can tell like something had to be changed in the foreground and yet the puppet's so clear but it it and yeah. it but at the same time you almost kind of appreciate like i don't know i know it's the same for some for a lot of other people but like i think it's always fun to like notice some things about older movies like to see the to see the magic how it was made you know what i mean yes like i get ex- like right. I, I get excited when i watch like a movie on blu-ray or 4k and i see the strings so i'm like oh yeah. that's how they did it <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. I find that stuff kind of fun. I know people would probably watch that and just be like, what the hell? This looks weird. And it's like, I, but that's fun, though. But but it's also part of the movie, yeah. though, too. Like, it's it's as part of the movie as anything else. And, yeah, again, but, and, you know, it is like, but they're just, they're going, like, all out. I mean, because this wasn't, like, this cost, like, $650,000, which even for a movie back then wasn't too, too expensive, like. You know, and it made made decent money back, and it's just like they really maximize like every like because they they did, they shot a lot of this in Spain. Um, you know, they had to do like some good location scouting mm-hmm. for things, and 
the score adds a lot too. I think um, Bernard Herrmann did a couple Harryhausen movies, and I think this, and he, including Jason and the Argonauts, um, beautiful score there. But I always loved the the main the main Sinbad um, theme for this movie. Is Sinbad your your favorite of the Ray Harryhausen like encyclopedia? This one, yes. It, it's it's tough because I feel like Jason is like Jason feels like like. Like uh, even though it's I, we talked about this, even though it's technically incomplete because the story sort of ends on a cliffhanger when you think about it. Um, but if that one feels like like the peak, uh, but this one, I think this one, I just love the way it moves. It's so simple. Like again, like going back to a movie you talked about a while ago, like Thief of Baghdad. Um, I'm I'm just a sucker for like those kinds of movies. Where like the leading man is saying like the most like in the things that nobody would ever say, but they're in like insanely like ooh like romance novel bullshit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna read this quote just real quick. Uh, the princess Am says, uh, "You're gonna no nah, maybe who knows." Uh, princess Parissa says, "And do you love me just to save Baghdad from descri- destruction?" And Sinbad goes. I love you because I cannot do otherwise. Your eyes are mightier than all your father's armies. Oh, God, folks. What makes this worse is that, okay, I'm recording this on my computer, <laughs> and for a second I couldn't see Richard, so I was just hearing him going. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really cold right now. Or, because uh, like, it makes me think of, like, The Thief of Baghdad, where, like, John Justin's, like, character is just like, I will love you till the end of time. And I'm like, what is going on here? Um, Night time shopping heightens um, each sensation. But I also think, like, this is a movie, like, not that this is, like, a, a complicated movie, but this is interesting, like, the all the avenues it goes goes through, because, like, you have, like... You know, you're initially on Colossa. You go back to Baghdad. Some, you know, you know, like the political situation needs to be resolved because, you know, the, the princess and and Sinbad do like each other. But it's also, you know, hey, we gotta, you know, for the sake of our our father's kingdoms, we gotta we gotta get along. We got we gotta get married. Um, well, I mean, yeah, yeah but, I was gonna say at the very least, like in most other like situations, when you have an arranged marriage, there's there's definitely a, a wedge. Romantically right. speaking, yes. Yeah. Um, but like, then it's like, oh, we got to go back to the island now. There's a mutiny that happens, and they have to put wax, <laughs> they have to put wax and cotton, like cloth in their their ears because they're they're around sirens. Uh, like, there's a lot that's going on, and you like you were going back to like like seeing like the magic. I think there was like the shot you were talking about, like the when they're in the crow's nest, and you're like, you know that they only built that one part for this shot, but it's still cool. <laughs> like you can definitely tell that it's painted to look like it's three dimensional, but it's not. Like it's just a guy standing there, but you don't care. Yeah, you don't care. You're still, you're still like that's pretty cool. Um, do you have a favorite creature in this movie? <sighs> it's like picking one of my children. <laughs> 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 no, um, honestly, I mean, I mean, the Cyclops is probably the easy answer because it's the most iconic one. I mean, I'm looking at my Cyclops figure. When aren't you looking at your Cyclops figure in your man cave? When I'm not. <laughs> when, when you're looking, it's, it's honest- at your Indiana Jones shelf. Because <laughs> which is on the when you're turned around looking at the other side of your room. 
it, it's honestly though it's probably like it's hard to be like oh rank my my pieces in my collection it is easily one of my favorite pieces of my collection like it is it's one of those it feels like a it feels like it brings the room together in a in, in a way mm-hmm. um and it's just such a beautifully detailed um beautifully detailed piece and then i got it's an older figure i have a figure of the dragon um which is my favorite creature from the movie um i love the design i love the weird like eyebrows that it has I I like the, I, I, it's just hard because like, I think they're all really cool, but it's just like, again, I, I sided with them in the story because like, they're just living there. They're just, they're just like, people are coming up, especially freaking the sorcerer guy, just going in there and invading and kidnapping the the dragon and the freaking poor genie. Let me just talk about, let me just talk about the genie. So first off, I was surprised that the genie was a kid. Which I did not see. I was I literally was like, "That's a little boy." And then I said, "Gifford for the genie," because Gifford's also a little boy. <laughs> um, Gifford would make a great genie. Um, I mean that genuinely because he's like he act he actively tries to like, you know, say nice things to people and like like actually like sympathize. So he would be a good genie. Yeah, he wouldn't be sure. the evil trickster genie. Um, no. But no, it's this little kid, and the little kid's like, "I want to be free, like any genie would," uh, and and sail the seas with Sinbad. But then Sinbad just makes him like a fucking cabin boy. <laughs> like he got to start somewhere. But like he's a genie. And he was a, he was trapped in a bottle for years, centuries. You know, and you're just and he gets out, and finally he's free, and then it's like, <laughs> "Go get my towel, <laughs> yes, sir." <laughs> He doesn't say that, but like it, it's in the ballpark. Yeah, I should try. I shall try. I felt so bad for that kid, but I did like. On that note, I liked uh, the inside of the lamp. Yeah, I knew you would. You would. You would dig that. And like, I'm like, I always like that because again, it's like it's very it's simple, but it but it, it works with like the the the, the, the smoke of the movie. and the lighting, and the way everything mm-hmm. comes together. Yeah. I I liked. Oh, yeah. The I don't know why I thought of this. Maybe it's just the '90s kid in me, but like, it made me when she went inside the lamp. My first thought was, I wonder if you could do that with a pokeball. <laughs> like you go inside of the pokeball. I know like there's a like a robot chicken sketch or something where it was like what it looks like on the inside of a pokeball or something. Or I think there was. Don't quote me on it. But um, I I thought about that a lot when I was a kid. Like, what is it like inside of that thing? Like if Pikachu's just in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on in there? Like is the only is with like genies you sort of get glimpses like in Aladdin the genies like itty bitty living space. Yep. But I don't know. That was my first thought. It wasn't relevant to the movie at all. But I'm <laughs> I'm like, what would it be, what would it be like inside of a Pokeball? <laughs> <laughs> that just you could just tell my, where my mind went for that one. Honestly, it's okay. But um. No, I I did like the movie. Ultimately, I had a good time with it. I do want to watch it again because I feel like most of my experience watching it the first time was like me saying things or like me or like asking questions or like just there was a lot of talking over the movie. So yeah. I feel like I kind of I want to watch it again to sort of get a better grasp. But I tried a couple of times over the last few days to to watch it again, especially before we did this recording. But it just it didn't work out, <laughs> especially today. I was. Oh, Today oh, was good. I was busy. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like other things that I really, I mean, there's so much I like about this movie. Um, one of the things I find really funny, I think I was telling you about this, uh, and Feehan knows about this movie is Jack, the giant killer, which, um, has a lot of similarities. A, it shares the same director, uh, Nathan Duran, um, directed that. And also, uh, as you pointed out, uh, the 50 foot woman, um, which is kind of wild. And he won an Oscar for uh, production design on My Green is My Valley, but that's a whole other thing. But Jack the Giant Killer, Kerwin Matthews is the lead. Torrin Thatcher is an evil magical person. <laughs> and there's there's a monster that looks very similar to the Cyclops. I Is it in the same vein of like if the, if the movie Scary Movie existed, but they just used the cast from Scream? Yeah, Like it's much. in that kind of ballpark? Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a fun movie. Uh, like Kino Kino Lorber has a great Blu-ray for it, um, and I do I do like watching it from time to time because it's a fun movie. But it's definitely really funny because it's just like they're it's like wait a minute, <laughs> this is like <laughs> this is like if you did if you did Indiana Jones and you had a guy you had another movie, um, uh, uh, Bob Bob Alaska, and then like <laughs> I was thinking if Sam Jones was in Flash Gordon. And then he did another movie where he was a basketball player. He was a basketball player that went to another planet and fought uh, Max von Sydow. Um, <laughs> but this time he didn't look like uh, Fu Manchu. <laughs> he looks like, uh, I don't know, something else like a Buddha or something weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, cause you know that, dude. You know, no, that, you want, know they'd be like, no, I want what are you your, doing? <laughs> I want your weird version of Space Jam with Sam Jones and Max von Sydow. <laughs> Just Max von Sydow as the uh, Danny DeVito character. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna take this over for the hour? Yes. <laughs> you know, I'd I'd watch it. <laughs> No, and then Foghorn Leghorn is Prince Voltaire. Boy, dive! I said dive now here. I said dive. <laughs> now, now listen, boy. I said, I said boy. Now listen. I said dive. <laughs> that just Daffy Duck is Timothy Dalton's character. Because <laughs> why not? Oh man. But. Yeah, like th- th- this one. This one's a lot of fun. Um, it's just like a perfect like Saturday matinee kind of movie. Um, it's a movie I would love to see on the big screen. Honestly, how many? I just feel like it would how, just be a joyous. Experience. How many times have you seen it? Uh, more than I've ever logged in on Letterboxd. Like it's one of those movies I'll just, I'll just put on. Um, it's it's an abs for me. It's an absolute like comfort food joy kind of thing. Um, you know, it's under, under 90 minutes. It's, it, it, it just has, it has, it has it all as far as you want from like that kind of movie. Um, and you can't always say that about, about movies. Um, also want to make note of the fact that it did enter, um, the, um, uh, national film registry in 2008, um, which I think is cool because Harry Hauser was also alive at that point. Yeah. He passed away in 2013, if I remember correctly. Um, wow. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so it's, it's kind of cool that a movie like this gets recognized. Um, 
It's a really fun adventure movie. But I mean, you hear people people talk about it like um, I think on the on the Blu-ray from uh, Indicator, uh, Phil Tippett has an interview and he talks about Harryhausen, talks about this movie. Dennis Murin's a fan of this movie. Like you know, all those like special effects guys that you know, like like this, they think highly of Harryhausen, but also this movie. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're looking for something that that's kind of like a a really good time, it's colorful. Um, you know, you're willing to sit through some some dialogue like for another such kiss, I'd invent a whole continent. Then like this is the movie for I, you. Clearly, when he said that, that stuck out to me. Honestly, no, that's one yeah. of those lines. Um, I listen. I like a good sappy sappy line here and there. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh, dude! One of my favorite things though was when the um, when the when the the Sultan or like her dad was just, was just like you know making insults at the uh, at the ladies. It was just like uh, the, the the snake fight, and he's like mercy on them both, and she's like what? <sighs> Man, what a movie! <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, well, you know what? I also liked the Snake Lady. Speaking of which, oh, that's a, that was re- I was reading. Um, oh, speaking of which, uh, I got the Sultan and Caliph mixed up. So just I'll make note of that at some point in my life. We'll make note of that later. Um, but like, yeah, the Snake Lady is really that's whole that scene was really was really well done, really re- well animated. Like the editing, the music. Um, it was just it was a really really cool scene. I agree. It was, I agree. It was a really cool. I didn't mean to make that sound so like I agree. No, but it also made me think of uh, Calibos from um, from Clash of the Titans. You know, because there because you had when you had the like the further you know further away long shots of like the character. It was you know a stop motion pub, and then the close ups were the actor like done up in like makeup. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's kind of cool to to mix. You know, mix. They kind of did that um, in Return to Oz. A little bit like because there's a there's a there's like a a golem king in that movie and okay. it starts yeah it's been a while since I've seen it that. starts yeah. off like in stop motion animation with like the mountain wall coming to life inside of this cave and then gradually it turns into the actor over time and so like it he 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 eventually it's at a certain point like the actual actor shows up so right. I think about that sometimes. So that's what that made me think of. Nice. Uh, but yeah, fun movie. Fun movie. When we come back, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, you're going to uh, see maybe the other two dudes. Hopefully we don't have buttons in our eyes. <gasps> Stay tuned. <laughs>
Oh my god! You know, normally we don't keep that in, but can we keep that in? That no, really it, it's it's staying. Don't worry. Burping is a natural thing. He was. I was just. I was making that noise just to see what you would do. Uh. Uh. <laughs> now we're just Tim Allen, sadly. Curry uh. Matthews. <laughs> Bag Dad. Um, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, in our last segment, we talked about the seventh voyage of Sinbad, not one or two or three or four or five or six. Seventh. Um, now we're talking about another movie, but so. I feel like this double feature uh, was sort of made as a way to spotlight uh, stop motion animation. Yeah, you know, which we've done in the past. You know, we're big fans of that of stop motion because the things that you have to do yeah. to achieve something that has that look because, like, you know, and we've talked about the process before. We don't need to repeat it, um, but uh, it it's a very intricate process to bring something to life and um right now there's maybe a handful of companies out there probably less than a handful of companies that actively uh just basically only do this kind of movie like Ardman, for example you know people might not know the name Ardman, but they definitely know wallace and gromit yeah the chicken run movies because there's more than one now yeah um uh, they even did a, they, I guess they, they teamed up with DC and they did shorts back in the day. Do you remember those? I'm trying to remember. It was from like 10 years ago. Okay. Gonna... It was like, like basically they made these like claymation, like little kids that were like pretending to be superheroes. And it was one of the funniest things because they would just say the weirdest stuff. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> like, 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 one of them was like this Batman one who had a really long head. He's like, I run and then I, I jump off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's simultaneously the goofiest and the cutest thing ever. Um, but no, I love uh, I love Ardman, but I also love another studio called Leica, which is really kind of leaning hard into the stop motion thing. Um. And uh, they've made all kinds of movies that, uh, you know, you've probably heard of, like, Paranorman. They made a movie. They made uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, which we talked about on a show with uh, Seven Samurai. Um, Another Seven. Old episode. (laughs) I like how this is almost like a pseudo-sequel because it's another, like, Joey favorite about a seventh something. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Oddly enough. another movie from the 50s. (laughs) That happens to be the seven of something. And then it's followed by a stop motion animation movie. Um, so they did that. They did um, Box Trolls, a few other titles. They actually worked on Corpse Bride, I believe. But the movie that really put them on the map, uh, that really kind of showed the world, like, this is what this company has to offer, and this is the kind of stuff that they want to do. Joe Denny Dan. What movie are we talking about today? <laughs> not as good. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do something a little different, but not it does not the same. Um, you should have done like a... 
<laughs> just a, like a slight toot. Just. <laughs> oh, what's up, Jake? <laughs> Impressive. Thank you. Um, Coraline. <laughs> <laughs> The momentum has died. <laughs> We're talking. Good about, night, everybody. We're talking about <laughs> the movie not directed by Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton from not from here. the from the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton. No. Hi, Variety. How you doing? <laughs> no, this is this is a film directed by Henry Selick, the guy that did. Monkey bun. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, no. <laughs> so, good old Coraline, not Caroline. Sweet Coraline. Ba, ba, ba. I thought you were going to burp three times. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> A little better. Yeah. It's like it's it has to be completely unexpected. I get it. It's all good. I, I feel like you're 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 trying, trying too hard. hard now. Yeah, it's it's uh it's like it's like when SNL tries to capitalize on a meme, and then it's just like, well, it's done now. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my virginity to the two popcorn bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention anything specific, <clears throat> but I have to say, Coraline. Um, Coraline was one of those movies. I had friends that talked about this for years. Like this was, they were like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> this is their whoa!" <laughs> like they, they, this is like genuinely one of their favorite movies. Um, and it was a pretty decent hit when it came out. Um, you know, considering you know the kind of movie. Like again, stop motion isn't always like especially these days isn't like and that came out when when the hell did this movie come out 2009 i believe <sighs> yeah that that feels like an that's like an eternity it's 15 years ago <laughs> that's, that's not that long it's uh, I, I mean it's not, it's not that long Good job, Joey. um if it was an eternity we'd be dirt now man i, I guess we kind of are well <laughs> whatever whatever um, but yeah, the Coraline though. So it's one of those movies that like I, I, I'd seen like a lot of it, like a lot of stuff through osmosis. Yeah. It's like you were saying that you, why, cause I was surprised you hadn't seen it, but you'd said you'd seen it through osmosis. Cause it was just like, so pro, like prolific. Like people always like post like gifts from this movie. They post, you know, the different clips. Uh, I, I know there was like the Keith David, I think it was like a TikTok or so it was like something. Or a cameo where he he's just doing all of his animated bits and he does the the cat voice, but then he also mm-hmm. does his character. I have to do this. And Richard knew this was happening. Uh, his character of Bojack Horseman. His name was Todd Chavez. He was the greatest man the world's ever known. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give you a golf clap. Thank you. Um. Yeah, so this this one um, I was like, it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, we needed to talk about this at some point, just so I can really have said I've seen it, you know, um, <laughs> just like finally check it off the box a little, check out the box a little, check bit. check out the box, and I'm glad I did. It's it's a good movie. It's uh, it's one of those movies that I remember seeing the trailer for because I think I was more 
excited about the fact that it was based on a Neil Gaiman book. Yeah. More so than it was like Henry Selleck movie. Because I'm definitely one of those people that champions Henry Selleck when it comes to the conversation of like him and Tim Burton and all the collaborations. Because they've done two movies together technically. Right. Because they did Night Before Christmas, which is you know, the most famous one. Uh, but he did do James the Giant Peach, which Tim Burton produced. And I feel like because of that, people tend to put that over Henry Selleck a little bit, sadly. And then he did Monkey Bone on his own. And Monkey Bone's not not great. Uh, <laughs> you, you can get, listen, you had John Turturro as a, as a stop-motion monkey uh, sidekick to Brendan Fraser. And you didn't make that work. Think Some, about that. Sometimes things are too good to be true. Like... Like, come on. You had a a dirty talking John Turturro as a monkey and a and a adorable Brendan Fraser and you couldn't make that work. Come on. Like you had the golden ticket and then you not only ripped it in half, but you peed on it. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> I don't know. But Henry, anyways. I don't know if Henry Selig literally did those things. Metaphorically, he definitely did. Oh my though. god! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Henry Selleck. Though, no, because he 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 made he made up for it fairly well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he also did a movie on Netflix with Jordan Peele that was pretty good. Is that Wendell and Wild? Wendell and Wild. Um, but Coraline uh, stands out in a way that it's it's one of those movies that's like it's. It's technically it's a fantasy, but you can almost argue it's kind of like a horror movie in a way. Yeah, because like the whole movie is about uh, a monster like trying to set a trap for someone, like a spider, like a trapdoor spider, but playing the long game essentially. So we have Coraline, which is already a fun name. How many Coralines do you know? Probably more now than there were before this movie came out. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> But I I would not be surprised if like you know someday soon at my work we got a new like teenage employee and they're like my name's Coraline I'm like like the movie we we can determine when this happened <laughs> like so you are definitely yeah yeah I know when you were born <laughs> though hopefully by the time that happens I will not be working at my job. Because I will have been there for a long time. Then. It's like when people start to name get their kid like get kids like Game of Thrones characters. It's like you're Arya, Sansa. So, so you're John J O N. <laughs> so you're John Snow Peterson. I mean, I know John J O N can be, you know, but like, hmm. so so you're Eddard, <laughs> and you go by Ned for short. Rob with two B's. You go by, how do you pronounce this? Dire Wolf? One word? <laughs> your name is Ghost? So your name is The Hound. Literally. Is that... <laughs> the Hound. <laughs> is that one word or two words? Um, My name but... is Cal Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> My name is... We haven't mentioned Tyrion. Uh, if I have to, if I have to meet someone that was like brave enough to name their kid after like the one, t uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, shit. Why am I forgetting his Tywin? name? No, 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 no. The kid, Joffrey. That was yes, 
someone's like, I'm going to name my kid Joffrey. And I'm like, don't. <laughs> don't do it. No, he's going to name him Ramsey. <laughs> after Gordon. Not Ram... Liar. You named after Ramsey Snow. Oh, man. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Coraline is is a very unique name. Though they, they riff on that a little bit because all, all the neighbors call her Caroline a lot. But she's like, Coraline. Coraline. Um, and uh, her and her family moved to this place called the Pink Palace. Uh, it's like an apartment like complex. It's But it's like a big Victorian house with different spaces. Right. And um, her parents were, are working on a gardening catalog. And they spend a lot of their time doing that. But Coraline, she's kind of like, she's an antsy, somewhat angsty, like young teen girl. You know, she wants to go out. She wants to be with, she wants to hang out with her parents. But her parents are like, I have to work. Go find something to do. Um, even the neighbor boy doesn't interest her at all. And so she feels like, you know, she's, she was, her life's rocked because she doesn't, you know, she's away from her best friends. She's not in Michigan where she lives anymore. And this is an ample opportunity for uh, this evil entity to try to coerce Coraline into this other realm. Right. So Coraline finds this trap door in the Pink Palace and uh, it leads to another dimension. But it's basically a mirrored image of the Pink Palace itself, but everything seems happier. Right. And she meets her other mother who's uh, the villain in this film. And uh, she she comes off like, like it are immediately already like too good to be true, you know? Like, you know, when you meet someone, it's like when Frosty says, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> but Frosty was a nice guy, Richard. That was like the movie. He, uh, he, cha- he, he proved that he proved what he had to say, but he didn't start off well. <laughs> he never got that little girl pants. <laughs> He was he was just born. <laughs> it was his birthday. Happy birthday. The dude is gonna be decimated by global warming. Have a little sympathy. I can't. <laughs> he should have known better. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Boy, I like being alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez Karen that's a melt noise by the way <laughs> I just now I just need Frosty in the Coraline universe hey Coraline we'll you're alive <laughs> then then see then then it would make more sense if there was uh, the evil Frosty and then the normal Frosty then I'd be like okay now I know which one to root for <laughs> <laughs> that and the, and the regular movie i'm like i don't know this is a little sketchy see like the the other mother there was a point where the other mother was just like she was like i need to get busy 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 <laughs> it's not it's listen it's not easy being an other mother no money <laughs> um th- this movie is is really cool though i love uh, the the whole the whole aesthetic it, it also is just um, like it is ama- I like pairing these two movies because one of these movies is from 1958 and the other mm. one is is 2009 and you really do get to see how far 
we've come. But it's also amazing that, like, essentially the same technique is still being like essentially the same principle, I guess, is still being mm. you is, is u- being utilized. I think what I like about Henry Selleck's approach to the animation, also just to finish off the synopsis, Coraline finds out she's evil because she has buttons in her eyes and she's trying to sew the buttons into Coraline's eyes, and Coraline's like, "Fuck you, lady," and then she's like, "I'm gonna eat you," and shit happens. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Got cut off a little bit. I needed to finish. No, I'm, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went on a whole frosty tangent. It snowballed. Ah! <laughs> you know, Richard. I, I, at times like this, I gotta say, boy, I like being alive. <laughs> at times like this, I gotta say, I am a nice guy. <laughs> nice guy like me. <laughs> The the article Stanley Ipris wrote about in the mask was about Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> nice guys finish last. <laughs> Frosty tips his hat, my lady. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, what I like about Henry Frosty Selleck, is the ultimate. I can change him. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Henry Selleck. I know I shattered him earlier, but I... (laughs) Listen, we pitched that idea with Jason Momoa. (laughs) Henry Selleck could direct it. I'd be down for it. Uh, But but, Um, but Coraline. Yes, Coraline. Um, What I like about Henry Selleck's approach is, like, obviously he he has a love for... Uh, and, uh, this type of animation, or else he wouldn't have made three films that utilized it. Um, I mean, I mean, technically, all of his movies, even Monkey Bone, utilizes stop motion animation for pretty much all the like technical, like all the like special characters, right? Um, and uh, what I was bringing up in the previous uh, segment about like seeing the works, seeing how things work. Henry Selleck likes to do that for his movies, and I didn't even notice it until like I was watching a thing for Wendell and Wilde and him talk about it, because I was always curious why certain things were there that weren't normally there in other stop-motion films, and it's because he likes to leave that there just to show you like like the process of it all. So, like for example, um, for the head sculpts of stop-motion puppets, um, a lot of them are articulated differently. Like sometimes they have whole heads. They got to switch out in order to get the mouth to move a certain way. Right. Um, I think they did that with Jack Skellington. Like he had separate heads that led to like him singing the songs or articulating the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of other ones have like a mouthpiece. So they take like everything below the eyebrows and they switch that out. And that's a whole separate piece and they have it marked down by number. Right. So like, uh, through the course of dialogue, they'll keep that. They'll like change out the mouths, but then in post, they'll they'll take out the lines that divide between the mouthpiece and the rest of the sculpted head. But Henry Selleck doesn't. Hmm. For for like he did it for Coraline and YB, but for a lot of the characters, he kept the lines there because it's 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 a way to show like 
and at least from his perspective to my understanding it's it's an appreciation of the process because that was a big selling point i don't know if you know this or remember this about the marketing but that was a big selling point for the movie was the handcrafted nature of it all mm-hmm. like there were whole trailers where they were showing them stitching Coraline's sweater together and it's just this little this little itty bitty little sweater that, that that they would put onto her or like building the pink palace or building the actual armatures that they would use for the puppets and then eventually putting the puppets together um and it was it's kind of funny because i feel like i feel like a lot of movies did that 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 were stop motion but then they maybe not as much as they used to but yeah like i think i know they did it for nightmare before christmas when they were advertising for that they're like hey you know we're util- we're using stop motion animation this is how it's made right because it is such a fascinating process, you know, just seeing, like, everything that's coming. Like, when you watch Coraline, I think what makes it that much more amazing is to think that everything you're seeing was actually, like, made by hand. Yeah. And I think more than any other stop-motion movie, I think about it the most with Coraline. Because, probably because of that advertising, but also just, you know, because you can see some of those little details that are normally gone just because... You know, they want to make it more seamless. Yeah. But, and I understand wanting to do that because you don't want to, like, have anybody disassociate when they're watching the movie. But it but, is kind of cool to, like, actually witness the process in real time. But sometimes it's also just a matter of having joy and just seeing that that is the process. You know, I think, again, yeah. I think about, like, King Kong, where infamously there's, like, the rabbit fur. They use rabbit fur for Kong's armature puppets, and you could see it just rustling about. Because the artist's mm. fingers were all over, all over the puppet, trying to move it, so you can see. So it causes an effect where it looks like the wind is bl- is blowing, you know. But uh, as a result, though, you it really it leaves a really nice artifact and reminder that these things are made by people, you know. Yeah. And I think sometimes and digital effects are also made by people as well too. So I don't want to like discount them, but there's something like uh, the handcrafted nature. There is some. There is something there, you know. Um, and this movie definitely had like the, the unique, the, just the uniqueness of, it. I think about the design of the different characters and creatures, um, like, uh, like the Keith David cat, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the feral cat, the wuspus, yes. as Coraline calls him. Um, he sort of plays like the Cheshire cat in a way. Cause mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he's not, he doesn't like smile and be creepy, but he's kind of like mystical. Yeah. I feel like that's a very typical like through line for a lot of fantasy is the cats are because of their, just their nature. If you see a cat move, you're always like, what is this cat thinking? Yeah. Like, like I imagine people that own cats probably are always feel like my cat probably has discovered like a whole multiverse or a whole like other dimension and then just comes home and just eats their food and goes to bed <laughs> just like, it's just another day for this cat just another day for this cat just the exploring that the cat does but i also just love um like the fact that this movie tells the story in this way because i, I think it really you like the because the, they really do utilize the stop motion aspect of it very well and like like i even love the bit when the the other father is starting to deteriorate a little bit oh yeah and then like the hands who there's there's obviously the iconic like you know musical like making up a song about like that whole bit um 
uh, there's like hands that come out and like the, makes the dad play the piano. But uh, I like that at one point the the hand squishes face like like the clay or whatever. Just yeah. And it's like it's, it's like the little textures even is just really cool. Um, but I also just like that it's kind of a horror movie. <laughs> You're a big advocate for for like spook like scary movies for kids. Because kids, kids want to be scared. Yes. Contrary to what people might think, but I know it's a touchy subject because th- some of the things that they, that they handle in horror films could be maybe a bit much, but it depends on the kid, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it is definitely one of those things where if like, like, would you show this movie to kids, like young kids? Um, honestly- Your kids, even? How old are we talking? Uh, I mean, not like five, but like maybe like seven or eight, nine. Yeah, I would. De- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think there's anything that. I mean, there's like a couple moments where there's like a maybe a slight jump scare, but I don't think there's there is a naked lady. There's a naked lady, but you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. There's always going to be something. Um, I did. I did like the part when she was naked, and then Coraline just goes. Oh my god! <laughs> I, like I still, I will never not think about when I saw this with my mom in theaters. So my mom goes, "Huh?" Because like you know, parents assume that it's like animation, so it's for kids, right? But it's like, no, nah. <laughs> no. It's just you know, it's another way to tell a story. Um, but but you would show this to a younger kid? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I would feel comfortable. I mean, there's definitely some like I'm trying to think of other like. Like like Black Cauldron, I think I don't know if I would show a young kid because I think <laughs> that one like it just it gets a little like grisly at at parts. Yeah. Um, this, the the grisliness in this is more implied. Like yeah, it, it was actually a lot more. Impl- I was one thing I was gonna say it was a lot more implied than I was I was anticipating, especially like find our eyes and it's household objects. Right. Yeah. I mean, visually, it looked really cool. I love when she's crawling through the through the like the the tunnel. <laughs> when she's crawling, I like when she's crawling through the tunnel, and the other mother's like trying to get her, and the yeah. door just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, the whole whole design aesthetic of it is, is great, especially when like it gets you, later on, and you're like you're realizing like okay, the shit's not good. Like really, Henry Selleck re- really likes bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of bug aesthetic but also like because this because obviously i think of like james and the giant peach yes literally whole characters in that that are bugs yes this is true this is true but yeah i do i like the i like the aesthetic a lot i like that um it's a it's a nice um combination of two creatives that i'm a big fan of and it just happens to work out really well yeah I actually I remember seeing the movie and seeing that it was based on a book by Neil Gaiman. I'm like, I, I got to read the book. And I immediately um, got a copy of the book. And I and it's a novella, so it's short. Mm. And uh, I immediately sat down and I read the whole thing. So I love, first of all, I love Neil Gaiman, but I'm no, mostly known for like his comics. Yeah. But he's also like a very accomplished author. Right. In general. Um. And uh, to see that he was, like, actively involved in the process of making the movie as well. Um, it's always cool. It, like, it, it's always cool when two people you're a fan of, like, collaborate and actively. Are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm just, I'm listening. 
I thought you were staring at something, and I got nervous. No, I was but real. I'm, I'm, I'm like, did did you see a trap door? <gasps> Actually, I was thinking about my house because we have a couple of of, of spots. Like, in, we have a spot in the man cave. We sealed it up. We have like two spots in our house where we sealed them up like that. Understandable. Uh, you know, I'm like, I didn't even like this was before we well, saw Cor- you know, you're <laughs> like early 2000s. So. Could, could you imagine though if you if you crawled through that thing yeah. and you found the other Mike? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play video games at all. <laughs> like, who are you? So weird. <sighs> um, but you were saying because you, you so you, this was a novella, so mm-hmm. like, um, okay, wow, it's short. And I know yeah. someone that likes short. Oh wow! What a selling point. <laughs> you don't have to read much, sir. Uh, no, um, but no. I always like it when people that I'm a fan of like come together, and this is this is one of those examples, and it worked too. Yeah. So that made it that much more exciting. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then of course this launched a whole company. Because if this movie wasn't a hit, then we wouldn't have gotten all these other movies that came out. Yeah, this is true. And now the dude that started that company, whose dad owns Nike, uh, is making hopefully making a Masters of the Universe movie. It's amazing. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who could play He-Man. Jodin. I... Am good enough. <laughs> uh, that is an inside joke of a picture that John, the lovely John, drew of Joey one day randomly. After I was like, "You should draw Joey as He Man, but call it Joden." See, uh, so what we should really call our guests on the show are fabulous, our fabulous characters, fabulous friends, <laughs> or fabulous adventures, our fabulous adventures. You know, instead of, you know. What did the what did the Crap Brothers call their audience? For Zabumafu? Do they have a name for him? I forget. I don't know. We're, we're just we're just at an Animal Junction. <laughs> we're just at Animal Junction. It's a place for you. <laughs> Richard and Zabumafu. Joe saw something strange. <laughs> the Leap and Lee are like the mounts in play. It was a door. <laughs> All I gotta say is open the door. Don't get on the floor and run the he- run the hell away from that that little door. Well, here's okay. Close the door. Here's here's a here's a hypothetical question I have for you. Yeah, sure. So you're in Coraline's position. Mm. You go to another world. Yeah. And you are offered everything you could ever want in life, but all you have to do is sew buttons into your eyes. Would you do it? And I mean everything in life. Stability That's... being one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like needles, so I'm like, eh, already, no, sorry. Damn. Integrity. So. I dig it. No, it's not integrity. I was scared of needles. I'm a wuss wuss. I'm a wuss puss. I, I thought better of you. <laughs> no. Um, like, like, but it's also an interesting story, though, because like the parents are like, you know, they're just working. <laughs> it's and it's like it's like the the overworked dad plotline, but taken to the next level. <clears throat> yeah, so it's like obviously the world, the other world has has an allure uh, for Coraline, um, 
but it's like be careful what you wish for these these people it's like these people it's like be careful what you wish for but also like and i know there's there's definitely people in this world sadly that can't do this for various reasons but the idea of not being able to trust your own parents yeah is deeply terrifying you know right because yeah because the end of the day like what it should be is your parents should be like the people that are there for you and the people that you trust i mean there's that there's there's certain aspects like when you get older you realize your parents are people and you know they're flawed they're not perfect but when you're a kid they're they're your rock they're they're your protector and you know when you can't have that anymore and i'm sure like I, i can only imagine some people who unfortunately some kids that have parents that they can't trust would watch a movie like this and maybe feel a little bit like yeah you know triggered a little bit so but or maybe there's a relation there it's like well Coraline's like me and Coraline got right. through it yeah so maybe there's there's an aspect to that but it's like you know because like you have your your real parents but then here's the other option of like your other parents that want to be around you that want to do things you want to do that want to garden that want to do all these things and then they're like you can have everything you want, but you have to sew buttons into your eyes. And I like that Coraline's no, immediately like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because, like, that is yeah. that is sort of, like, a gruesome thing to think about, too. Like, the moment they put, like, the moment they put that package, like, that gift box oh, on the yeah. table. And they lift up the thing, and it's the two buttons. And they're like, uh-huh. and then they try to sell it, like, you can have it any color you want. Vermilion chartreuse <laughs> it's like i don't care about the color i just don't want you to stab me in the eye <laughs> Ooh. like and it's i think that's one of the genius things about i think neil gaiman is he was able to take something that's like an everyday object like a button that's almost like like buttons are also seen kind of like as innocent in a way i feel like in in literature yeah you don't um, really think of buttons as sinister no you know, people say you're as cute as a button. Yeah. And then here's this story that's like, you're as cute as two buttons. And I also like in the Coraline song at one point, the dad's like, she's as, uh, she's as cute as a button in the eyes of everyone who ever laid their eyes on Coraline. Mm. And I'm like, right. that's just a good turn phrase. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's uh, they, that they That was really good for sure. Yeah. But the the button thing is probably the thing that I think about the most because it is like genuinely kind of scary to think about, and then even just the, like like the the stuff that happens to like the friend who was uh, YB. Oh, poor YB. Uh, the other YB. The, uh, so the other YB. <laughs> like like normal YB is fine. He's a little weird, but he's fine. He's just a weird kid. But th- this this YB is just like oh like. Literally, his voice box is taken out, and then his face is sewn into a smile. And then he disintegrates. God damn it. <laughs> just, that, that was awful. <laughs> also, I want to say shout out to the voice actors in this one. Oh, yeah. They, like, it's it's definitely one of those things where, like, they got they got some pretty, like, like Dakota Fanning plays Coraline. Terry Hatcher plays the other mother and, the and you know, the normal mom. They got Keith David, Ian McShane. Um... All just all kinds of incredible actors, but all none of them feel like they're just trying to 
you know, use their normal voice in a way. Right. Yeah. <sighs> like you can definitely tell each of them were actually like here to play. So that's so that's a lot. Like even like especially I think Keith David and Ian McShane. Like Ian McShane is Bobinski. Is so is so much fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it's one of those words. Like you know, if you didn't say it, like I'm, I, I don't think I would have put that together. Like um, Bobinski, Bobinski. <laughs> <laughs> I am the amazing Bobinski. Yeah, the the all, all the the jumping mice. The jumping mice. They keep calling you Coraline. Instead of Caroline. Not Caroline at all. <laughs> That's just fun. Yeah, it's 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 this is a really good one. I think this is a good I think it's a good like gateway, like spooky movie. I don't think I don't think it's too I mean, again, it's just speaking from my experience as a, somebody who's in their thirties, but I don't think this is too like because there's some things where I watch and I go, Okay, this would have been the scariest thing I would have said. But like I feel like this is like the right amount mm-hmm. you know, where that somebody could could potentially handle um, you know, watching at a relatively young age, I guess. It's more like subtly scary. Like yeah. it, it more implants ideas into your mind more so because like you don't actually see the buttons sewn into your eyes, but when someone says sewing buttons into your eyes, that's the first thing that comes into your head. Yeah. So it really utilizes the power of suggestion more than anything. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Um and then uh, just think of other things. I, I like the the da- the other dad's uh, mantis mobile thing. <laughs> he uses to garden, and he makes a coralline. I remember when the coralline garden was like lighting up, and Joey goes, "This movie's so weird," <laughs> or something along those lines. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that's very accurate." Um, I, I liked, uh, and then like he makes reference to pumpkin, and he becomes a pumpkin. And I'm mm. like, ooh, ooh, boy. And they make, like, puns, like, like, come on, pumpkin. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he has a Terminator 2 moment where he, like, tries to give her the eye and he, like, sinks in. But he doesn't give a yes. thumbs up, sadly. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yes, stop motion animation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's been around... Since basically virtually to, to near the, the beginning of, of movie history, you know, um, and it was also, I think a, it's a good contrast with these two movies because in the case of um, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, when you're doing something like that, that was basically the only way you could have done it. Yeah. Like you could do it like, like there's like the suit mate, like with Godzilla with like guys in suits for some of that stuff or like, you know, maybe like 2D animation, but like. A lot of like creatures were done were created with stop mo stop motion animation for decades mm-hmm. for decades they were made that was the, that was the process, and then now with Cor- with Coraline it's it's almost a thing of like stop motion isn't a necessity these days because of all the things we have but it is another way to tell a story and to have you know also nice contrast too because one of them is a live action one of these is a live action movie with stop motion creatures, the other is a stop motion. Just into you know entirely stop motion animated movie, so I do like that the having those as two contrasts. I guess I like um, I like seeing the evolution of it all and seeing that you know when you go back to the days of Ray Harryhausen, and it, we've talked about this before, but like yeah. going back to the days of Ray Harryhausen and how like he was sort of like he sort of mastered his craft in a way when he was doing stuff like that, and 
when he did the stop motion creatures because it does add like it's one thing to watch like a Godzilla movie or watch even like you know for people my age or our age when we watch like old episodes of Power Rangers and yeah. you see guys in suits like there's like that's fun but there's also something sort of like different about seeing like a stop motion puppet you know yeah. in a live action setting and just how kind of cool that is and then you know years later you know through the through the course of the evolution of that medium and they're like let's tell whole stories you know Rankin Bass let's let's tell whole christmas specials utilizing this and let's uh uh let's actually evolve this but obviously the like the only downside is that it takes so long to make a stop motion movie that there's not going to be a whole lot so like like for instance like like cuz like this movie came out in 2009 and the company like a has since within that time period made what five films in total yeah. and it's 2024 and they have i think a sixth movie coming out it's also important to note too um like obviously they have a whole team there's like i imagine there's teams that work mm-hmm. on these things mm-hmm. but like Ray Harryhausen was one guy who di- who di- who did that and i'm di- and it took him 11 months to do that and that wasn't an entirely stop motion animated movie that was just the sequences that were in you know seventh voyage so like and i was thinking about like the end credits of kuba are like one of my favorite things just seeing like you can see that giant puppet um that's in there and like just seeing the behind the scenes the manpower so to speak to bring these things to life you know i think that's what ultimately i think it's a beautiful thing about stop motion is you really get to see it is almost like Somebody remembers saying me saying this is like it's almost like an act of alchemy, you know. It's a it's like stop motion has this uncanny reality to it that it's like it shouldn't be alive, but it is. Like despite what you know, it's moving. Despite what you what you your eyes tell you, what despite what your brain says, your eyes see that King Kong is beating up a dinosaur, mm-hmm. or you see that you know you see the characters in Coraline transforming or being grotesque. Um, so I think it is like, to me, like a very, like a very cinematic, um, very pure, purely cinematic thing, stop motion. Um, and you gotta be so fo- patient. You gotta be very patient, very patient and lighting because over time the lighting could change. You can't just, you know, come back to it. You almost got to do it in a mad rush. And you know what? Like, especially back in the day. You know what I think of too is like these days, like talking about the technology of it all, like the puppetry and like, like I was saying earlier, like the different faces, and like switching out um thing about ardman because like they posted a video uh and how they animate one of their chicken characters you remember that and they actually yeah, have yeah, to yeah. like smooth out the clay yeah and everything because it's not just the piece they actually have to like you know like uh put it back on like they have to like literally chisel at the clay but they can't chisel too much because that might ruin the puppet or they might ruin the take then they got to go back and they got to smooth that out. And then they got to take a picture. Then they got to go. They got to do it all over again. So it's like that extra step because they have to really make it that seamless. Yeah. It, oh. the, like the fact that they're that, you know, they're able to achieve what they can achieve. Um, whether it's Ray Harryhausen or Leica, it's insane. Yes, and absolutely. it's absurd and it's ridiculous. And why would you put all your time into that? And thank you for doing that because it's fucking beautiful. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. Thank you if you've ever done anything 
stop motion related, uh, you have our eternal eternal gratitude. It's it's tough. Mm-hmm. Like I know, was it like NECA sometimes has those like little commercials with some of their figures, and I'm like, that must have taken a long ass time like, to just do. We filmed this within a five month period. And they didn't even have to like animate mouths half the time. It's just the arms, and then the th- yeah. doing all that stuff. But it almost is nice that they do that too, because that gives people, I think, hope a little bit. It's yeah. like, oh, well, if they can do it, I could do it with my toys. Right, right. Your your Dracula figure from NECA, and your Frankenstein figure from NECA can like kiss. Scandalous, maybe. But it's the fact. But they can still do that. And that's cool. It is. It is, folks. What is? Uh, what's your favorite stop motion animated movie? Uh, what's your favorite Leica movie? Favorite Harryhausen movie? What's yours? Mine is Seventh Voyage. Well, so, I mean, yeah, uh, my favorite Harryhausen movie. And then um, Jason. Yeah, probably. And then Clash the Titans. That's where it gets hard. It, it's it's tricky. Top five. Uh, go. <laughs> All right. So some of this would be slight cheating, but there's a good reason. Um, seventh, uh, seventh Voyage, uh, Jason. Um, I'm gonna put Mighty Joe Young because he he did a lot of the a lot of the animation in that one, uh, and that's a great movie. Is that the slight cheating? Uh, that's the slight cheating. Okay. Yeah. I'm allowed to cheat for Mighty Joe Young. I'm allowed to cheat for Mighty Joe Young. Clash of the Titans is definitely up there, and I've always been partial to uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I love, like, he's a very, like, again, I believe he's the, I believe they had to cannibalize that, the, the, the Beast's, like, armature oh. for, to make use for the, um, for the dragon in Sinbad and that's happened a bunch of times to Harryhausen like creatures you know where it's like you gotta save money and reuse stuff and yeah. if you have a similar looking creature in this reuse the parts uh, and you know it, wor- it works out so um, yeah those that would be about my top five to- um, there are some I got I gotta revisit oh man you know and fuck I love Valley of Guanji too shit <laughs> God damn it God <laughs> letterbox four <laughs> just get my next letterbox four is just gonna be all ray harryhausen movies guys. just do it it's just just mar- mark my words but all harry but to contrast that this uh, this at least currently in my brain i would say kubo first yeah then i would i think Coraline and paranorman switch off but i would probably put Coraline first and then paranorman okay mm-hmm. and then i'd probably say um uh, missing link, and then I'd say box trolls last. Gotcha. So there you go. Nice, nice. The the Leica film ranking, boom. The definitive Leica film rank. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's too much pressure. Well, it's definitively yours. Yeah. Um. Until yes. like I watch them again and then I change my mind. And you're like, oh man, box trolls is gonna skyrocket. Then I'm like, why'd I forget that? <laughs> Yeah, then you'll be like me and was like, fuck, one million years BC, fuck, <laughs> fuck, mysterious island, fuck, golden voyage to Sinbad, oh, Sinbad, eye of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> he 
It's the eye of the tiger. there's there's so many there's so many but anyway that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next time have a good night everyone land ho thank you all for listening to two dudes one double feature please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.